listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, March the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what we've been doing on Wednesdays, taking a look at various Bible passages. Right now, we're going through the book of Proverbs. Last week, we did the first half of chapter 6. This actually is the eighth address of Solomon to his son. And last week, there are four parts to this eighth address. We did the first two parts last week, and now we're going to be doing parts three and four today. Proverbs 6, 12 to 19. Now, there's two parts to it. The first part can be entitled, Dishonesty Leads to Disaster. And the second part talks about those items that are what the Lord hates. Now, what we find interesting here is that Solomon, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is using parts of the body to show what is an abomination to God. And that's the first section, section three of his eighth address, Proverbs 6, 12 to 15. It begins with, a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. Now, you really need to understand a little bit more of the Hebrew here because it helps us to get a better understanding. This worthless person, we would say, is a good-for-nothing person. He's a wicked man. In, in fact, the Hebrew can be understood as good-for-nothing, but when you go to the Greek word, it's used by Paul in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 15, to refer to Satan. Satan is a good-for-nothing, a wicked man. He goes about with crooked speech, or he goes about with a corrupt mouth. Remember when he was talking to Eve? He asked her a question. Does God say you can't eat of any of the trees in the Garden of Eden? Well, that got her trying to defend God, which, of course, she made two mistakes in trying to defend God. She said, well, we can't even touch this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God never said anything about not touching it. And then she says, lest perhaps we might die. God said, no, you will die. Now, a lot of people say, now, wait a minute. Even Adam didn't die when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But we have to understand what death is from God's point of view. Death is the loss of life. Now, we're not talking about physical life. We're talking about spiritual life. How can you not understand Adam and Eve to have died in their relationship to God when as soon as they sinned, 
they saw themselves as naked and tried to hide from God in the various plants in the Garden of Eden, as though anybody could hide from God who's omnipresent. He's everywhere. It's impossible to hide from God. And the idea of them being naked, well, there was a glory that appears to have been around them when they were created by God, the same degree of glory that you will receive when you go to heaven. And they lost that and saw that they were naked. That's the best interpretation of of that. And that's because of that worthless, good-for-nothing Satan who went about with crooked speech. Now, what is meant by crooked speech or corrupt mouth? It's used by individuals when they're seeking to destroy the reputation of someone else. Martin Luther once wrote that we love to hear evil rather than good about our neighbor. Because why? It makes us feel good about ourselves when you hear how bad other people are. In fact, that's why a lot of people don't understand the law properly because they don't think that they're really as sinful as God says they are. Even when they do good works, they're sinful as an unbeliever because they don't have the proper motivation. Their motivation in doing a good work from a human point of view really is it makes them look good in the eyes of others. It makes them feel good about themselves. Well, where's Christ in all this? He's missing. And so a wicked man, even when he does a good work, is doing sin from God's point of view because God regards a good work in regard to the motivation, not just the action, the word, or the thought. It's then when Solomon, by the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to use the parts of the body to show how we are crooked and good-for-nothing people. Verse 13, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, has a perverted heart, devising evil, continually sowing discord, that is, conflict. Now, how many times do you see a movie where somebody is making a point, and you'll see this at funerals sometimes. They'll say, oh, he was really a wonderful person, when they don't believe he was a wonderful person. And you'll see their eyes kind of wink, or they'll raise their eyebrows, or do something with their eyes to show you they really don't believe in what they're saying. And this is what Solomon is saying is that we use parts of our body in order to send signals out trying to destroy the reputation of others. In fact, body language is really important. If you look at any uh, police stories, 
they'll often tell you how they can read whether or not someone is telling the truth by their body language. Well, one way is if they're not looking you in the eye and if they are moving their head away from your eyes, well, sometimes that could refer that they're really not telling the truth. And of course, you sometimes cannot hide your body uh, ailments. For example, what's the one of the most important tests that the police can give you is a lie detector test. Now, what, what's so great about that is that it can tell when you're lying. There's blood pressure differences. There's all kinds of things that appear to happen. Now, really good spies are taught how to overcome a lie detector test. I've often thought that if I ever had a lie detector test, I could test whether or not um, I am seen to be lying or not. For example, the first question they often ask you is, what is your name? And I would say, well, my name is Tom Baker. And they would say, yes, that's correct. No, that, that's a lie. My name is not Tom Baker. It's Thomas Baker. And so I would test it that way and see whether or not my body can be noticed as having lied about my name. And it's just kind of interesting. We can do various things like that in trying to keep people from realizing that we're not telling the truth about someone else. In fact, at, at funerals, the night before the funeral, we often hear very good things about a person. And then in the sermon, oftentimes I will talk about how they believe that they were poor, miserable sinners deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. And therefore they repented of their sins God forgave their sins, and that's why heaven is their home. Not because they did such wonderful good works all the time. No, when they did that, that was fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that was good. But a lot of times, it was just a good work that they did for an ulterior reason. So it's not only winking with your eyes that gives you an indication to others that you're not telling the truth. The next one is signals with his feet. In other words, what Solomon is doing, he's using parts of the body to show that you are habitually not telling the truth. Now, you wonder, how can the feet do that? Well, maybe there were some signs like uh, a raised eyebrow that people would do with their feet. In fact, later on, it talks about in verse 18, this section, that a heart devises wicked plans and feet that make haste to run to evil. And that's a big problem we're having today with some young people. They may grow up in a house where they don't have brothers or sisters and father and mother is at work a lot. A lot of them don't even 
have fathers living with them in the house, and they're trying to find friendship, and they find that with schoolmates, and they can often be tempted to do things that are inappropriate. And in that way, they run with their feet to those that are really causing evil in their life. So you've got your eyes. You can see with them sometimes how a person is not telling the truth. If you tell him not to do something and he signals with his feet and goes ahead and does it, that shows that he can be a good-for-nothing person, or he can point with his finger. I mean, how many times have you seen various items on YouTube where there are people in cars giving fingers to one another because they cut themselves off and this sort of thing? So we know how that's done. In fact, I saw one person who was arrested by the police because they use their fingers in an inappropriate way. I don't know whether or not that would hold up in court, but there's no doubt that parts of the body can be used in order to ruin the reputation of someone else. Now, that is really summarized in verse 14 with the perverted heart which devises evil and continually is a source of conflict. Verse 15, now here comes God. Therefore, calamity, or the word disaster can be translated there, will come upon that person suddenly in a moment. He will be broken beyond healing. In other words, beyond any remedy. When he is trying to ruin the reputation of others uh, by using various parts of his bodies to, to lie, there's no doubt that this is something that the Lord does not appreciate. Now, Solomon is writing to his son. And on the one hand, he's warning his son not to do these things, but also he's warning him not to associate with such people who are doing these things. That's really, really important. I've seen a movie in recently, and uh, it was a made-up movie. It was a kung fu type movie. Kind of enjoy watching them. And there was a classroom. It was in a Japanese school, but there was one person who was Chinese there. And all of a sudden, some Japanese young people, young men, broke into the classroom and told the Chinese man to go back to China that he wasn't welcome at the school. And so, boy, they did not like him at all. And they were trying to ruin his reputation. And so they were, almost were ready to beat up uh, a girl that he likes, but he knew Kung Fu pretty good, and he took care of them. It was kind of interesting to watch that. 
uh, a lot of times people cannot defend themselves. But these people ended up with a broken arm, a broken leg, a headache, because he was so good at fighting. That shows that foolishness, and that's the opposite of wisdom, where you're trying to ruin someone's reputation because maybe of their race or their nationality or whatever, that that can lead to your own destruction. In fact, we need to remember that the author of Proverbs is not Solomon. Solomon is the writer. The author of the entire Bible is God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we ought not be surprised that we can read God elsewhere saying the very same things that Solomon, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is saying in Proverbs chapter 6. And one verse that's pretty clear about this is James chapter 4. Remember, Proverbs is talking about trying to destroy the reputation of others. Here's what James 4, verses 11 and 12 says. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? You see, the only way that we can judge people is obviously on the basis of their works. And so a lot of times we may not understand really what's going on in their minds. And you want to judge people according to their works? Is that how you want God to judge you on the last day of judgment? No. You want him to judge you according to your faith. That's a big law and gospel difference. So what Solomon is writing in Proverbs 6, James in chapter 4, is saying the same thing. So, Proverbs 6, 12 to 15, is summarized by saying that dishonesty can lead to disaster, and it's your own disaster. We saw in previous verses that people who are dishonest don't even sometimes realize the disaster they're doing to themselves because they're moving away from God and moving closer to Satan. All right, the second part of Proverbs 6 is verses 16 to 19. It begins, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Another way of translating abomination is they are disgusting to God. And so seven is kind of a comprehensive number, and therefore that's probably why it's used. What are these items? And there's kind of a repeat 
of Proverbs 6, 12 to 15. The first thing is haughty eyes. Now, a word to translate the word haughty would be arrogant. You know, those are the kind of people that John the baptizer was talking to. People who have a high level of satisfaction concerning their own worth. They really think they're something. They're haughty. They're arrogant. The second thing, once more, after the haughty eyes, is a lying tongue. A lying tongue is what people say. In fact, James talks about how the tongue can be one of the worst parts of the body because out of it can come praise to God, but also out of it can come murderous thoughts and attempting to destroy the reputation of others. You see this often in high school movies where a girl really likes the football quarterback, but there's another girl that he's going around with, and so the first girl attempts to ruin the reputation of his girlfriend so that she has a chance to have him as her boyfriend. These are internal attitudes. And the other item is hands that shed innocent blood. In in fact, this is talking against murder. And this is murder, which is really the one item that you could control. People cannot control being arrogant or being a lying tongue because they have perverted hearts. And that's continued in verse 18. The heart devises wicked plans, and we've already talked about the feet that make haste to run to evil. And and that's happening a lot in today's society. People love to run to evil, whether we're talking about abortion or gay marriage or ruining the reputation of others or just looking down on people who are a different race or this sort of thing. That's part of a haughty, perverted heart. They are false witnesses. Verse 19 continues. They're a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows conflict among the brothers. Now, this can happen in congregations. In my experience, and I haven't had those many experiences in a congregation where there is real discord, but it rarely is over doctrinal matters, at least in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. It's usually over personality conflicts for one reason or another, power grabs, this sort of thing. And this, of course, sows discord among the brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, if anything Solomon is saying here, who can give negative consequences for these sins. Only God can. So if you have haughty eyes, a lying tongue, or hands that shed innocent blood, 
Remember, the Bible verse is very clear. Vengeance is mine, says God. I will repay, which means it's not my task when someone sins against me to try and get even with them, to take revenge. I leave it in the hands of God. Now, I've mentioned this before on other broadcasts. I was once, well, I was driving a taxi, and that was my job during the seminary, and I got robbed by three young men, put a gun through the window, uh, took money, my watch, etc. Now, I could have chased after them and maybe run them over with a car, but instead I drove directly to the police station and let God take over, which was really smart because the police put out a word and taxi cab drivers heard it, and so they were looking and being aware that these people were trying to rob them. So this also is a message that God gives elsewhere in the Bible. It's not only from Mark chapter 7, it's quoting Jesus himself in verses 21 to 23 of Mark 7. Here's what he says. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and then the biggie, foolishness. Remember, Solomon is talking in the book of Proverbs about the wisdom of God. And the opposite of wisdom is to be foolish. And then he says in verse 23, all these things, evil things, come from within and they defile a person. Notice that. They not only defile those they are trying to ruin their reputation, they defile the very people who are doing these things, using their eyes, their feet, their fingers, and their perverted heart to sow discord and conflict. So once more, we get from Proverbs information from God as to how to behave in this fallen world turning to God for help, not only in the forgiveness of our sins, but in any other problem we have. I'm Tom Baker. Join us tomorrow. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.